All right, if you enjoyed that singing, say amen. amen. Appreciate those that the Lord gifts and puts a song in their heart to minister to our hearts. Uh, there's a preacher back in the, the mountains there, Charles Worley, you fellas know him. He said a lady come up to him one day after the service and said, well, she's mad. She said, why didn't you let my husband sing? He said, well, because he can't. <laughs> he said, it ain't supposed to hurt. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm glad for those that can sing and it don't hurt. Let's take our Bibles, if you will, and turn back to Second Kings. Good to have Shady Grove with us. And uh, Brother David with us. Uh, Hadn't seen him in a while, and uh, each one, all the home folks, uh, good, good, good to be able to come back together. I was up in Kentucky in a meeting, and a, one of the farmers was sharing with me. He said, "You know, I, I like to analyze and observe uh, my animals." And he said, I've got a flock of bobwhite quail. And he said, I was watching them one day in their pen, and he said, they did something I had not noticed before. They lined up in two rows from left to right, like in a military stance, facing away from him. And he said they started flapping their wings and making noises and run in that direction all together. And he said, I was just puzzled. But he said, within just a few seconds, I saw a big old black snake shoot out of the side of that pen. And he said, right then I realized that what one of those little birds couldn't do by itself, they could all do together. And that's why God wants the church to be together. He has given uh, power to the church. And I realized this world would want to separate us and sometimes sickness as we've seen separates us but it is God's will that we come back together and it's good and we've got several preachers with us tonight I always like it when preachers show up I love preaching to sinners so <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah but anyhow and we, and we preachers, though, and realize we need it as much or more than anybody. So, uh, what a blessing. I want to read uh, verse number 8 down through verse number 11, and then I'm going to move over to chapter 8 and read six verses there. I won't be like one fella. He said, take your Bibles and turn them to anywhere you'd like. I'll be by there directly. We, uh, this morning, emphasize this matter of making room not for what you're going to get, but making room for what you've got. And if you can fathom just a, a tidbit of what you have in Christ, it's like standing before the ocean and realizing that it belongs to you. No way to measure it. 
But all that God put in you when he saved you will sustain you for whatever you go through. Getting what you've got. Embracing what the Lord has put in you. Whether it be this power of prayer. Whether it be as Paul realized that grace. Or that love that's shed abroad in your heart. Or this word of God. Let it dwell in you richly. We've got so much. And God wants us to know what we've got. So that it can be active in our lives. But I want to go a step further tonight. We're going to move from that first widow woman that lost her husband. We're going to come to another lady. And as we read these verses, we're going to notice her contact with Elisha, the man of God also. And how that her and her husband feel led of God to build a little chamber, to place in it some articles of furniture and so on, so that when this circuit preacher comes around, He can find a place to rest physically and spiritually and emotionally. And when they do it, they're not doing it that they can get anything out of it. They never think anything's going to come beyond it. But what we're going to notice is this truth, is that they have to make room, and you need to make room out of what you give. Making room out of what you give. Because given, giving is never a minus. It's always a plus. And if you don't believe that, look at what came out of the cross. I am no TBN preacher, no Benny the Hen. I'm not a health and wealth, prosperity preacher. But I do believe if you cast your bread upon the waters after many days, it's going to come back to you. That's just how God is. The Bible said, For God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. You'll never do anything for Him but what it won't add to your life in one way or another. You'll never do anything for the devil but what it won't take away something from your life in one way or another. I want us to read through these verses and see how the Lord adds to this family's life because they gave. Give and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, running over shall men give into your bosom. And we don't do what we do for God to get. Because if he never does another thing for me, he's already done more than I ever imagined. I have not deserved the least of it. But let's read down through here and notice this matter of making room and space (laughs) out of your giving. Because it's going to pay off. 
Look at it in verse number 8 of chapter 4. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem. There was a great woman. She constrained him to eat bread, and so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. She said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive this is a holy man of God that passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. Let us set for him there a bed, a table, and a stool, and the candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that as he came thither, he turned into the chamber and lay there. Now let's go on over to chapter number 8. Between these two passages of Scripture, God is revealing to this prophet, that because of Israel's spiritual condition, judgment's going to come. And there's going to be the withholding of water, rain, and there's going to be a seven-year devastating famine. And when we pick up in chapter 8 and verse number 1, Elisha is going to reveal this to this famine. In these verses, in these chapters, God has used Elisha to pray for this family so that they could have a child. They were not able to have a child. He prays and one is born. The boy is out in the field with his daddy one day and collapses. She goes to the man of God to tell him He comes, goes upstairs, lays on this boy, and God brings him back to life. Look in verse number 1 of chapter 8. Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life saying, Arise, and go thou in thine household, and Sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn, for the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the seven years' end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines. She went forth to cry unto the king for her house and her land. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king, how he had restored a dead body to life, Now behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And the Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. 
And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. I want us to look at this truth of serving God and of giving and what inevitably will come out of that as far as your life is concerned. Because I want to emphasize to all the young people, and I've seen many walk in here tonight, it really does pay to serve God. Now the devil would not have us to know that nor believe that. He wants us to believe that God is some penny pincher on his throne, a miser, always slapping his children's hands, saying no. But I understand from the word of God that God's blessings are immeasurable in your life and in my life. And you'll never go wrong serving him. Let us look down through this text and let it magnify itself. I want us to notice what comes out of her and his giving. First of all, I want you to notice that in this matter of serving God as they did, that it first of all paid off in truth. Truth. I'm saying making room for your giving because out of their giving came truth. I believe that the greatest thing that God ever gave you and the reason why he came into this world was so that we could know the truth and the truth would set us free. As a matter of fact, if you get Jesus, you get the truth. And here the man of God has gotten a word from God about this famine that is going to transpire. He has an inspired word. He has a revelation from heaven. He's not going to keep this to himself. I do not know if he shared this with any other soul. We're not told in the scripture. But I do see specifically that he went to this little home one more time where he had spent so many nights resting as he went to each place to deliver the message of the word of God. And he comes with this inspired truth and imparts to this little family. And this truth is so important. It is a life-saving truth. When he reveals to them what God has revealed unto him. She is getting a divine word. Think about that. Aren't you glad for the divine word that you have received? 
She's getting a delivering word that's going to deliver her out of the circumstances coming to Israel. She's getting a word that will direct her life. Thank God for the truth. She gets a word of God. She gets a word from the man of God. She gets a word about the will of God. I wonder this morning what kind of price tag would you put on the truth that you have and the truth that you know. Truth about who you are and were. Truth about who he is. Truth about what he did for you on the cross. Truth about salvation. Truth about redemption. Truth about forgiveness. Truth about the Holy Ghost. Truth about heaven. Truth about hell. Truth about grace. Truth about peace. Thank God for the truth that you and I have in this word of God that has been imparted to us by the Spirit of God. And you know, as I read especially Paul's epistle, what I realize that truth never travels alone. You hardly ever find truth standing by itself. In other words, if you open your heart up to the truth of God, the truth of the word, the truth of the spirit, the truth of the gospel, you're going to have to make room because a whole lot more is coming in there with truth. You read those epistles and you'll find that many times Paul talks about truth and love. They always travel together. You can't have one with speaking the truth in love, the Bible said. Truth and mercy is revealed in the scripture. They always come together also. Truth and the spirit or the spirit of truth are always together. The scripture talks about it. Paul talked about truth and righteousness. Truth and life. Truth and light. Truth is that, that which God has given to this woman. But I'm going to tell you, truth is what God gave to you when he saved you. That's what came on the inside. But with that truth came all these other elements and associations and and, uh, characteristics of God Almighty. I'm going to tell you, God just poured in you all that he is, and it all poured in through the channel of truth. I'm glad for the truth. And I want to say to you, child of God, keep serving the Lord because it really pays off in truth. And the thing that you will embrace and thank God for is that truth that you have and that truth that you know and that your family knows, your children know. Thank God for the truth that has set me free. And I keep getting truth, don't you? I keep getting truth. Oh, I want you to know. You just have to make room in giving because out of that came truth. Thank God, truth, abundant truth. The second thing that I would point out to you, 
As I emphasize this matter of making room for your giving because you're making room for truth. Not only is there truth found in here that has come her way, but there is trust. There is faith. What good is the word of God if you don't believe it? The man of God has come and spoken in revelation to her. But, I notice in the scripture, look at it. The Bible said in verse number 2, Now understand, in the midst of this truth, there's some hard and harsh things. There's a famine coming, and because of that, here's what you're going to have to do to prepare for that famine. And she responds instantaneously to the truth. The Bible tells us in verse number 3, And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God. In other words... They had allowed this prophet of God to come into their home, their home over the years. And he had sat at their table. And they had listened to the experiences that he had. He had shared with them those things that God had done through him. So much so that when he comes with a dramatic extreme word like that she doesn't chuckle she doesn't say well I'll have to think about that well I don't know so much about that but she easily believes what God says through his servant I am glad for this truth because it is a very it is a very familiar truth she has kept her family close to the man of God and the truth of God and the spirit of God. And it's easy for her to believe the word. I don't want to go into the house of God and sit down and listen to the man of God preach on the word of God in doubt with nothing but question marks and leaving out saying, I don't know if I really believe that or not. But here she is able to fully trust the truth. It has paid off, I'm going to tell you. It has paid off in that she has the truth and she is able to trust. Not only is it a familiar trust, but I notice that it is a family trust. Look at that verse again. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household. Now, I don't know if the boy at this point don't know about the husband. He may have passed off the scene. I don't know if the boy was around the house when the prophet came and shared this truth with her, but her heart is sold out to the truth. So much so that as soon as the boy comes home, no doubt she said, Son, the prophet came by today. And I can hear him say, but well, Mama, he don't usually come till a certain time. Every month he comes. How come? He came with a word from God. What did he say, Mama? He said there's going to be a famine. 
and it's going to last for seven years, and what we got to do is load up our wagons and go. And I can see the boy looking at it and say, Mama, if the man of God said it, we need to do it. And they begin to immediately load up the wagons and head out because of what the man of he she trusted and he trusted. Oh my goodness. How wonderful it is to be a believer. To believe the truth that you know and you hear. And think about this boy. He, I think, probably no preacher and church youngin was ever as close as Elisha was with this boy. Because he prays him into the world. And then God used him to pray him back into the world after he died. They're just like that. Every time that old prophet came, I'm sure him and that little old boy had themselves a time. And I can, I can just imagine, since I'm doing the preaching, I'm going to let my mind roam. Don't you know that little boy at four years old, three of you know how kids are. He said, Mama, Mama, when's the preacher coming? When's the preacher coming? I mean, well, when, when, when's he coming? So well, he'll be here this week. He's coming this week. Oh, mama, mama, if, if, can I stay with him? Can I stay with him in the chamber? Can I stay up there with him? And she'll say, you know, honey, uh, the preacher's tired and worn out. And he, we built that for him to go in there and rest. You just, you don't need to. If I ask him, if I ask him, if he says I can, can I go stay with him? I reckon. And I can see him coming down out of the, uh, off the hill in that little path and it clears out to the yard and that little boy jumps off the porch and runs to him and jumps up around that old man and hugs his neck with that big old beard and said, Preacher, Mama said I'd spend the night. It's okay with you. He said, Son, you know it's all right with me. You spend the night. Well, can't you imagine that happening? They're so close. And can you see that little old boy? In the wee hours of the night with that mantle wrapped around him. And God speaks to that prophet and he crawls out of the bed and gets down. Revelations are coming to his soul as he talks to the Lord. And I can see that little boy peek outside that mantle and watch him. Seeing God speak to the heart of his servant. And don't you know that took hold of that boy's soul so he'd never forget it, honey. If he lived to be a hundred, he'd believe God. It has paid off. Don't you think it did? Don't you think it did? It paid off in truth. It paid off in trust. You just keep serving the Lord. You keep living for the Lord because there's somebody watching that. And it's going to pay off. They said we was going to eat after a while, so I'm not going to preach too long. It's going to pay off. But notice with me in the text, it not only paid off in truth and paid off in trust. My goodness. The impact of that trust not only on you, but on your children. My middle daughter... She's now 41. But she said to me, Dad, the way I would uh, deal with him if something was wrong, I never dealt with it on the spot. Because my dad taught me that, the way he did it. 
<laughs> Wasn't too safe. <laughs> yeah, around my house, uh, time out was how long you was unconscious. <laughs> of course, we didn't have a Christian home. No mom or anything like that. I, somebody said, well, I used to have to stand in the corner. I said, I'd love to if I hadn't been so weak. I mean, <laughs> man, if that's all I got out of it, I stood there all day. <laughs> but my daughter, she told me, she said, and what I'd do is I'd send them to the study, and I'd let them stand there 30 minutes, and I'd go in there and talk to them, and if they had to have a, a whipping, I'd get never over three licks. That was just my way of doing it. And... Uh, she said, Dad, you know, I, I never did mind when you'd send us in. The, she said, I never did mind you coming in and talking to us. Talk, he said, I didn't mind you talking to me. And said, I didn't even mind the whipping. She said, is that 30 minutes sitting in there amongst all them godly books? <laughs> Truth is shooting out in every direction. <laughs> I said, well, hallelujah. I didn't realize that's, that's one of the reasons why I had a library. <laughs> I'm here to tell you it pays off in truth to serve God. It pays off in trust to serve God. But you know the Lord gave you something when he saved you that was extra special, that is personal, and no one has yours? You know what it is? It's called a testimony. Well, have you seen the dynamic testimony? And this, now understand, this all comes out of building a little, this all comes out of the giving. She would never had this story if it hadn't been for what she gave. Hard to tell what's going to come out of it. She's been away for seven years. Somebody else has taken over the land. She comes back to see the king, and, and Elisha's servant is in there talking to the king, and, and the king said to him, Tell me some of those miracles that Elisha did. I'd sure like to hear about that. And so the first one he goes to, he said, Well, I want, the biggest one I can think about uh, is that, that, that woman that... that, uh, that Built him a little chamber, uh, her and her husband didn't have any children. He prayed, had a child, and that child died. And God used him to raise that child uh, back to life. And the moment he got to that place, she's standing right there at the throne room. He said, my Lord, that is the woman, and that is the child. Now... I don't think I believe in women preachers. Don't think I heard one the other day on, a, and she done a pretty good job. <laughs> Better than some men I heard. But I'm telling you something. I'd love to heard what she had to say. Huh? Paid off with a testimony. So much so here. Gehazi's right in the middle of telling the story, and it's almost he cuts him off. Read the way it is. He cuts him off and said, you tell me. <laughs> Can you imagine this woman expressing and sharing what God has done in her life? I mean, she might even hacked a little bit. I'm not saying to you, but I'll tell you, my boy didn't even have a boy. We built a little old house up for the preacher, and he got to praying. And me and my husband got a boy. We were so happy. He died, and then the preacher come, and God raised him from the woo! 
Hold on, king. You see, what God does in your life in a specific way, personal way, is never done just like that in anybody else's life. Your testimony is particularly your testimony that God gives you and he works through that testimony. And it is here in the presence of the king. I'm going to tell you, this woman has had, has had the man of God's attention, has had God's attention, and now has the attention of the king of Israel. It all started with just a little old place for the preacher. But oh, how it has developed in truth and in trust, and now it has developed in a marvelous and wonderful testimony as she's able to share I'm in a testimony in time man what she shared right there on that day what a testimony that it was a timely testimony a lively testimony a living testimony But honey, your testimony doesn't stop on the clock because here we are thousands of years later and I'm telling you what her testimony was by her own words. God uses your testimony. And here she is telling the king all about what has happened that we began with this, this little old room, this little old place. It is a historical testimony. It's a heavenly testimony. It's her testimony. And it's in harmony with everything. Oh, I'm going to tell you. I can say this personally, and I know these preachers can too. Uh, both these guys, if you didn't know it, were hoodlums. And uh, I'm testifying for him. <laughs> and that's what I was, a hoodlum. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't think I would have ever been able to do what God has allowed me to do for 52 years without a testimony. And when I opened my heart up and began to share where God has brought me from and what he has done, it automatically clicks because everybody's got one. And you just want to say and thank and stop and say, thank God for her testimony, but thank God for my testimony. And I thank God for your testimony. And don't you love to hear a testimony? Testimonies of salvation, they move me. I've heard hundreds of them, wouldn't take the time to, but one that stood out to me, has stood out to me. As an old fellow said that he'd been to church and heard the gospel, he's under conviction. And uh, didn't get saved. But he said, one night I was uh, driving home from work. And he said, I was so bad under conviction, I pulled off the side of the road, got out of my car, got down in front of my car, and got saved. 
He said, I was so thrilled and excited. I walked seven miles home before I realized I left my car. <laughs> Woo, that's a testimony. Oh, thank God for a personal experience with heaven that will not only move you, but will move those who know you and move your children and others for the glory of God. He said, now you be quiet. Well, now you tell me. That's what he said. Did you see it right there? Look at it. And when the king... And then, and when the king asked the woman, she told him. Woo. You see, serving God, it'll double up on you. It'll pay off in truth. It'll pay off in trust. It'll pay off in a testimony. But I'll come to my last thought. But it is a truth in itself. Because I didn't want you to think that this is what this sermon's all about. But I want you to know that this matter of serving God not only pays off in truth and trust and testimony, but it pays off in things. Things. Somebody said, and don't amen this, I believe God will meet your needs but not your wants. Well, if you believe that, before I go back to Alabama, I'll rent me a U-Haul. I'll back up to your door, and you let me just take what you don't need. I wonder what you'd have left. Well, what I want you to understand is God has blessed me with far more than what I've needed. Oh, the abundance of those things that he has blessed me with. How he has Blessed you and blessed each of us. My God, I'm going to tell you, is able and willing to bless his people. He desires to do so. Notice this now. Notice this. He pays off in things. And When the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers. Think about that. And all the fruits of the field since the day that she has left the land, even until now. You see... She got paid back. I don't know how much it costs to build that little old thing, but I think she got more out of what she, than what she put in. I believe I've gotten more out of it than what I put in. She got paid back. I like that, don't you? But it even goes further than that. She got back pay. Didn't she? Is that what it said? She got back pay. 
<laughs> Every now and then I'll talk to somebody, Brother David's in the, been in the military, and, and they got hurt, and, and they're, they're, they're pro- applying for disability. And, and uh, I've had several say, you know, I've, I've tried for years. I've tried to, you know, my disability, I got shot or whatever it is, and they only gave me this much, and I've been trying to get this much. And, and then all of a sudden I see them one day and say, Preacher, I appreciate you praying. I got my, I got my disability. And I said, you did? I said, yeah, and they're going to give me back pay for 10 years. Woo! <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you, I feel like God has dumped the whole load on me. I've gotten paid back, and I've gotten pay back pay from God. Can you imagine? I'm talking about you're going to have to make room for your giving. Can you imagine seven years worth of stuff? You ain't going to haul that in your station wagon or van. I mean, wagon after wagon after wagon after wagon load being hauled back to that house. And people looking and watching that have suffered through the famine wondered where in the world all that come from. You know the question had to be asked. Dear lady, where under God's heaven did that come from? The only answer she would have with tears was, I don't know, 20 years ago me and my husband built a little old hut. A little old chamber on the side of the house for the man of God. And we wasn't planning on nothing coming out of it. But all oh, look at what came out of my giving. My whole life's been made up of making room for what God's gave me. Give me a wife. I didn't mind making room for her. Give me four wonderful children. I had to clear out space for that. Thirteen grand youngins. Wouldn't for God I'd go broke or have to rain, rob a bank. Who knows? <laughs> but you ever thought about by just your simply walking with the Lord and serving the Lord? Bless the Lord, O my soul, the scripture said, and forget not all his benefits. I had a fellow tell me one time, he said, uh, God did something extra special for me. And he said, I, my mama was a very spiritual woman, a shouter, loved God. And said, I decided on the way home, I was going to stop and tell her what had happened. He said, I went in the house and I said, Mom, let me tell you what God has done for me today. He said, she's sweeping the floor. He said, I told her and she never even looked up. She said, yeah, well, okay, that's, that's good. He said, I left, got in my car, and said, I was upset. Got back to the house, and I picked up the phone and said, Mom, I'm upset. She said, why, son? I said, I'll come by there to tell you what God had done for me, and you act like it, no big deal. She said, well, son, that's, that was just one of those things. He said, what do you mean that was just one of those things? He said, well... 
Scripture said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's just one of those things. <laughs> she had to make room for all that came out of what she gave. Just keep on serving God. Keep on walking with him. Keep on preaching, Brother David. Keep on singing. Keep on worshiping. Keep on testifying. And you'll never, never, never go wrong serving the Lord. I'm here to tell you, nobody ever came out of poverty any worse than what I came out of. And, I, and I'm not rich, but what I'm saying to you, what I am, I am because God has added it to me daily. He's paid off well. First of all, in truth. Second of all, in trust. Thirdly, in a testimony. And then fourthly, whoo, things. <laughs> I just want to see ever give you anything. What a good God He is. Making room for what you got, but making room for what you give. It comes back around. Let's stand by our head. Lord, I want to thank you. That it all begins with you and all ends with you. Everything in between. How you have added to our lives this truth that we possess. Life-changing truth. Eternal truth. And let us be a part of what you're doing. So much so that this great woman, as she's called, is so prominent in her testimony in the Word of God. Let us thank you for what you have added to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake. Just tell you this much, you'll never outgive God. This right here is more than enough for our lives. Let us thank Him for what He has added.